Hey, good morning, church. Hey, if, if you're new here and we haven't met yet, my name is John. I'm one of the pastors here. Welcome. We're so thankful you are here. Um, for those of you that haven't grabbed a Bible yet, this would be a great time to do so. If you need one, we're going to be in it a lot this morning. Um, this morning, we are finishing up uh, our series. We're calling Nickled and Dimed. Uh, and what we've been doing in this series is taking a look at what the scriptures have to say about our faith in our finances and the way that those things are related. Um, and over the last two weeks, um, we have uh, taken a look at two different scripture passages and really two different themes about faith and finance. Um, uh, the, two weeks ago, um, we looked at Jesus' teaching um, that in order to break the control that sometimes money has over our lives, Jesus says the way you do that is you learn to give that money away. Um, we can only serve one master, Jesus says. And then last week, um, there's this idea of, of money and possessions and our things and how whether we like it or not, those things become part of our identity. And so there's something about when we give those things to an organization or a people or a community that we are actually giving our identity to that place as well. So that means a lot for, of course, the church here as well. So um, this morning is the last week of our, of our uh, Faith and Finances series which we're all excited about, I think. Um, and we wanted to take a look at one more scripture passage. One more scripture passage. What does the Bible say about faith and finances? So we're going to turn this morning, if you have your Bibles, to um, Luke chapter 11, uh, verses 5 through 13. Um, if you have some of the Bibles in this space, that'd be page 843 for the smaller print ones and page 1489 for the large print. So go ahead and join me there if you can. Um, our scripture reader this morning is Leslie Simmons. Leslie, you can head on up when you're ready. In church, what we do here um, when Scripture is read is we stand and we face the center of the room if you're able to. We do this every single week to remind ourselves um, the, the primacy of this book. This book matters. The greatest story ever told is the story of Jesus. It's a true story. So, Leslie, when you are ready, take it away for us this morning. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend. And you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers is your son asked for a fish? will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Thank you, Leslie. You all may take a seat. Go ahead and keep your Bibles open there. We're going to be uh, going through that passage actually quite a bit this morning. Um, one of my wife and I's favorite hobbies is this thing we call people watching. Um, 
We love to people watch because people are weird. Wouldn't you agree? Um, the best place to go people watching, in my opinion, is the airport because people are extra weird there. I don't know why that is. Um, the second is restaurants. When we go to restaurants, it's often Beck and I will just sit there and we find ourselves kind of catching some other couple or some weird thing that may be going on. Um, a few years ago, my wife and I, we were in Michigan um, at a diner and we were eating lunch. And at one point, this 80-plus-year-old woman goes and sits at the table next to ours. And within a couple minutes, the server came and, you know, began to uh, ask the lady what she would like to eat. And this 80-plus-year-old this woman, um, with a very polite fashion to her, asked the server, um, I'll take an order of that uh, free Wi-Fi you are advertising. <laughs> and then with a strange look, the server doesn't really understand what, and she says, we, we, we don't have a thing called Wi-Fi here, and I don't know what that is. And then finally, after like 30 seconds of back and forth, I'm trying to figure out what in the world um, this lady was saying, um, they realize, oh, she's talking about the free Wi-Fi at the diner, right? I'm not making this up. This is a true story, 100% true. I remember at one point, the 80-plus-year-old woman um, talked to the waiter, and she said, but it says free Wi-Fi on the door. You know, she's really frustrated about that. People are weird sometimes. Um, our scripture reading this morning is a parable that Jesus tells um, about a person asking for something strange. It's actually a really strange parable when you start peeling back the layers. Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open back up to our scripture reading uh, a minute this morning. Luke 11, um, starting in verse 5. Now, Jesus tells this parable and the parable goes something like this. Imagine it's midnight in your house. Your family has all been put to sleep, right? Everyone's sleeping. The door is locked. You're sleeping. And you hear a knock on the door, right? You hear a knock on the door. And so groggily you get up and you go to the door and you unlock it. And you see as you open the door that the person on the other side of the door is a traveling friend of yours, a friend that is from far away that happens to be at your door at midnight. And your friend asks, hey, um, do you have any food I could borrow? Now that's actually a really weird thing to happen. Maybe that's happened to you before. If it was midnight and you heard a knock on your door and your neighbor popped in and said, hey, I know, I realize it's midnight, but do you have three eggs I could borrow? I think we'd be upset with our neighbor, right? Like, that's not a normal thing to do. Now, in the time of Jesus, if a guest asked for food, it was custom that you get that person food, you serve that person. Um, however, most of the time, they didn't have much food on hand in homes. In the morning, the family would make their breads for the day. They would eat it throughout the day. And at the end of the day, the bread would be gone until the next morning. And so this person shows up to your door asking for food and you have none. Yet you feel obligated to give this person food, this friend of yours. And so you come up with a brilliant idea, Jesus says. You go to the neighbor's house and wake them up and ask the same question, which is kind of weird if you think about it, right? And so in Jesus' parable, you go, you knock on the neighbor's door, and unsurprisingly, the neighbor's really upset that you woke him up at midnight to ask for food, right? Just like you maybe were. And the neighbor grumpily simply just says, no, 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 I'm not going to give you food today, dude. You just need to go home. We can deal with this in the morning. And then 
And then, in this moment in the parable, Jesus says something pretty remarkable, I think. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and take a look at verse 8 this morning. This is what Jesus says. He says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Now, Jesus basically says, here's what you do in the strange situation when you're at your neighbor's house asking for your friend's food, basically. Because the neighbor won't give you bread, he won't help your friend out, what you do, Jesus says, is you get really annoying about it and then see what happens. Like, start rattling your neighbor's door, shout and yell outside the house, wake up the kids, make his wife upset with you, be relentless, be really frustrating and annoying. And Jesus says, I bet after all that raucous, your neighbor will give you whatever you want as long as you leave him alone. Don't teach this to your kids. Don't, do, do, just stay away from that. Now, what in the world is Jesus getting at here? Um, if you have your Bible open, our scripture reading comes immediately after um, the Lord's Prayer. Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. Um, if you have your Bible, take a look at um, Luke 11, starting in verse 2 a second. This is the Lord's Prayer is what we've called it for a long time. And, and listen to this. This is what the Lord's Prayer, this is the way Jesus tells us to pray. He says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. That's the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Now, there's something important to notice about this prayer. Uh, imagine this a second. Imagine somehow you found yourself face to face with God, right? You're in the room, God's there, you're face to face with God. The creator of the universe, the most powerful being in the universe, happens to be face to face with you in a space, right? Imagine that for a second. And then imagine, you're like, man, this is a great opportunity to ask for something on my wish list, right? Like, I want to ask a question. How do you ask for something from the God of the universe that could, you know, like snap his fingers and boom, you'd be gone? Like, how do you ask for something? Well, you'd probably start with like a regal title for God, right? Like you'd say something like, you know, creator, God who is powerful and holy and beyond anything else. Like you're so amazing, right? You'd have a nice title for God and then you'd get to the ask and the ask would probably be something like this. So, um, so God, um, so do you think, uh, you know, uh, perhaps if, you know, if you're not busy right now, I don't know what you're doing, probably a lot of things, you know, would you maybe be willing, you know, in your kindness, I don't know, to give me that one thing that I want, right? You'd be very regal in a title and you'd be very cautious with the ask just to make sure to not make, you know, the most powerful being in the universe angry, right? Now here's what's interesting. That's not how the Lord's Prayer goes. Jesus says, when you pray to God, to the God of the universe, you're basically face to face with God and here is how you do it, Jesus says. In fact, the Lord's prayer 
is basically a list of demands and imperatives. Demands and imperatives. Take a look at the Lord's Prayer again a second. It says, holy is your name. This is a fact. This is a command. This is an imperative. It's the truth. Holy is your name, the prayer says. Your kingdom come. This is reality. We're not asking for this. Give us each day. It's a, it's a command. Forgive us our sins. Lead us not into temptation. See, the Lord's Prayer doesn't beat around the bush. It's actually a bold prayer filled with bold requests. Holy is your name. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Lead us away from temptation. See, what Jesus tells us is we should ask boldly for things from God. We should ask boldly to God that our daily needs be met. We should ask boldly to God that our spiritual needs, our relational needs be met. Jesus says that God wants to speak to us eye to eye for some reason. It's not what you think it is. It's eye to eye. That's what Jesus says. Throw the formalities out the window. Treat God like family, Jesus says. And you see, God wants us to ask boldly because God wants to give boldly to us. If you have your Bible, go ahead and take a look at verse 9 in our scripture reading a second. This is what Jesus says about this. He says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. God wants us to ask and seek and knock because God wants to give us gifts just like a parent gives gifts to their kids, you see? What kind of gifts does God want to give us? Well, money, uh, fancy cars, and giant McMansions, right? No, not right. <laughs> like, that's not at all. It's. Take a look at the Lord's Prayer again. It says, Father, holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. See, all these things that Jesus says you should ask boldly for, these are all relational things in the Lord's Prayer. Father, holy is your name. Holy, it means, it means set apart or placed above. Something can't be holy unless it's in relation to something else. You see, it's a relationship word. Give us our daily bread. Father, feed us. Like moms and dads take care of their kids, Father, that's what we're asking of you. Father, forgive us our sins, the Lord's Prayer says. Forgive us, God, because it's only the closest relationships that demand the most forgiveness in our lives. Think about your family. Isn't that true? You see, the things we ask for of God are relationship things. God, please be my Holy Father. God, please parent me well. God, help me to honor you. God, help me to trust you, right? See, what God wants for us is to ask boldly for the gifts of a relationship with him. And you see, the boldest gift of a relationship that the Father has offered us is in the good news of Jesus, right? 
that God sent his only son into the world to save us and to care for us and to teach us and to lead us and to forgive us, right? So that God wouldn't only have one son, but many sons and daughters, you and me. Now, there's something important about all of this, the parable and the Lord's Prayer. And this is where the faith and the finances part comes in. You see, our Father in heaven reaches out his hands to us to offer us a gift of a relationship with him. He says, ask boldly for it, and man, I want to give it to you. I really do. And all you have to do, God says, you just simply need to receive that from me. And friends, you see, it's the receiving part that's the hard part for us, isn't it? You know, the reality for so many of us is that our hands are already clasped so tightly to all these other things in our lives that we simply cannot receive the gifts that God has for us. You know, for so many of us, our lives kind of don't look all that different from a toddler with his toys, right? You know, a toddler gets in the mindset of everything is mine, right? Maybe if you have a toddler, you know what I'm talking about. Everything is mine, especially when another kid wants my thing. It's definitely mine in that moment, right? I don't know if you've seen this, but there's that moment where like a toddler gets triggered or something like that and then starts scooping up like every single toy he has and trying to hold all of them like, these are mine. I don't know if you've seen that. Are we any different? We too hold tightly onto our things, our possessions, our money, all of it. And we say, this is mine. With clenched fists, this is mine. But we have to notice something important about that posture in our lives. You know, I, we, I know you don't like to do these kind of things, but take your hand a second and then just hold it up a little bit. We can do this together. And then clench your fist. This is the posture of holding on to something, right? Like a bag of groceries or something in your hand. Or what, like this, is, this is us clenching, holding on to something in our lives, right? You see, when our hands are constantly clenched like this, we can't receive anything with them, can we? Now, toddlers try and they fail and they say, this is mine and it doesn't really all work. But you really can't at the end of the day when your hands are clenched like this. Then there's another posture we can have with our hands, right? We could have our hands open like this. Go ahead and open up your hand. Take a look at it. This is the posture of open hands, a hand that's ready to receive something. Each week at TFRC, at the end of the service, we get to this thing called a blessing. And as the, as the pastor gives the blessing, it's like a last thing that God wants to give us before we leave the service. And old school folk, what would they do, do you, if you know? Well, they would hold out their hands. Why? Because this is the posture of receiving. An open hand can receive. But you see, there's another thing that an open hand can do. You see, it takes an open hand to give, too. 
An open hand can receive, and an open hand can also give. A clenched fist can do neither of those things. And, and, and here's the deal, folks. We cannot receive the gifts of God's grace when our hands are like this. You can't. To receive the gift of a relationship with the Father, salvation from the Father, we must go to the Father with open hands. Frankly, one of the biggest things that we clench our fists on in our lives, if we're honest, is what? Well, it's money, right? This is our attitude toward money for so many of us. We walk around our lives with our hands clenched tightly around our wallets and our possessions and our stuff and all that. And when we live our lives like that, we are living in a posture where we simply cannot receive what God has for us. In this posture, we can't. You know, it's why Jesus says in the Gospel of Mark, he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God, right? You can't receive what God has for you when our hands are clasped tight, especially around our wallets. Here's the question. What about us? What is your posture in life, especially toward money? Do you have open hands? Or are your hands pretty clenched tightly? You know, this morning is a unique opportunity for us. Um, this morning's Communion Sunday. And as a church, we will receive the gift of, of the bread and the wine, right? The body and the blood of Christ. It's God's gift to us. But you see, we'll never be able to experience that gift and take it in if our hands are like this, clenched tightly, you see? So this morning, before we take communion, we're going to take our offering this morning. And during the offering, you'll have an opportunity to, to, to unclench your fists, to have open hands, hands that give and hands that receive. How would a truly open hand, when we come to the table, make a difference for us? I'm assuming it would make a huge difference for us. So here's the challenge this morning. We've preached on giving for three weeks, right? Including this week. What would it look like this morning as the offering is passed to slowly unclench our fists? and to have open hands. You know, perhaps this morning, you're newer to the faith, or you've been a Christian a long time, and giving has not really been a thing for you, right? Like, it's just not been a part of your life. What are you missing? What are you missing when your hands are like this with your pocketbook? So this morning, if you've never done this before, I challenge you to open up your hands and give. And what will that be like after we've just given in the offering and then we come to the table to receive what God has for us at the table? What will that experience be like for us? Perhaps we'd receive gifts from God that we basically haven't before. Perhaps. That's the challenge this morning. Open hands.
Let's pray. God, we thank you for your generosity toward us. We thank you that you give so unconditionally to us. And God, we find often in our lives, you give and you give and you give, and, and we simply won't replicate that. And we cling to our things, and it inhibits our relationship with you. God, this morning is an opportunity for us to unclench our hands and, and to give and to receive what you have for us, God. And for some of us, that's a really scary thing to do. God, send your spirit among us to slowly open our hands so we can give and receive what you have for us, God. God, be with us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and just hold your hands out so you can receive all that God has for you this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord raise his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen, church?